Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Today on the show, we have inside the studio, Andrea Brower. She's the executive director of Texas Gun Sense. Also, we have Johnny Wade, the owner of Knocked and Loaded. Also, Texas Gun Sense has a new model of gun violence prevention in Texas. Now, according to John Woods, a Virginia Tech graduate who helped start Texas Gun Sense, uh, he helped found the organization. Texas Gun Sense was, the purpose was to counter gun lobby disinformation with an objective, fact-based perspective. And then after the unconceivable events at Sandy Hook, America seemed ready to talk about guns again. And we knew already that Texas was prepared in its legislative uh, legislature, having twice rejected the campus carry bills, which many observers viewed as sure to pass in an overwhelmingly conservative Texas legislature. Now, Texas Gun Sense also brags about the fact that they played an instrumental role in the Travis County commissioners voting against renewing gun show contracts for county property absent guarantees of background checks on private sales. And they take pride in defeating the guns in classroom legislation um, in previous sessions. And they also um, were very instrumental in in bringing a different, I guess, a different voice to Texas gun laws. And they pride themselves on being the Texas, I guess, trustworthy source of information on firearms policy uh, for the first time in years. So we, I'm going to welcome inside the studio uh, Andrea Brower, who's the executive director of Texas Gun Sense. Uh, welcome to come and talk it. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here today. Awesome. Now, in, in, I know we met like about a year ago and uh, we met at the, on the Capitol floor and you asked, uh, you know, to, you know, if we could come and, you know, come together and have a meeting or something like that. And I told you that under no circumstances, you know, that we'd ever, ever agree on anything, you know, but today I invited you on the show because I like to hear, you know, exactly what you have to say, you know, because I do know the history of the organization mm-hmm. uh, because we've, we've had to fought, you know, really fight really hard against Texas gun sense um, with, um, uh, I guess, a bunch of different people uh, who have, you know, like John Woods, who, like he, like he said in the statement, I guess on the White House website, that they really wanted to make sure that we didn't get concealed carry on campus passed. 
And so we were able to get all that stuff done, which was very hard. It took several sessions to get that stuff completed. Um, so I'd like to welcome to the show today to kind of talk about, you know, what's what has changed with Texas Gun Sense? Well, as far as I know, Texas Gun Sense has always been a gun violence prevention organization. It's not a new um, way of framing what we do. Um, we've always seen it that way. I've been involved with the organization two years. Um, I've been the executive director for a year and a half. And um, since I've been involved, I've, that's that's the way we frame it, because we look at it as as basically two things safety education public awareness safe storage trying to prevent accidents suicides and things like that Um, and then the other part being enforcement trying to better enforce the laws at the state level um, and try to keep people that are already prohibited or might be at risk of harming themselves or others from having a gun and um, and I think it's valuable to be here today. And I know a lot. I'll just say right off the bat. I know a lot of people don't like me right off the bat. I know a lot of people. It's not that, that we don't uh, like. Okay, you. be your what 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 the group I, I work like for. you. I, okay, I think you're okay. a very nice person. Okay, I just um, I just disagree suspect. with yeah yeah. yeah. Just, so, I just disagree with a lot. Yeah, of no, and that's okay. And I think there's a lot of things that we could talk for five hours and probably still disagree. But there might be a sliver of something we agree on. And I think and I even heard you say it in an interview before, Michael, that you think people need to be responsible with their guns and i agree with that and i honestly i don't think people are responsible enough and that's from talking to a lot of people um and seeing what i see on the news and then um sorry i'm losing my train of no you're fine um, and so all right so you want people to be a little more responsible so what should be done in texas to well, you know to kind of help that what so, do you think should be yeah done? so we we um you know, I, I spent the interim researching what's going on. I've talked to the ATF. I've talked to prosecutors. I've tried to talk to, you know, gun owners, gun dealers, trainers to find out um, what could be a sensible solution that wouldn't infringe on gun rights or take people's rights away. But, you know, a public education awareness program. So we worked with Moody's office on that bill that would just direct DPS to um, – to try to do some public awareness on safe storage. Um, we looked at the gun problem, 2,800 gun deaths a year, 3,400 motor vehicle deaths a year, and um, but look at how much money we spend in Texas on um, trying to make sure people drive, you know, don't kill themselves with a car. They We do, you know, click it or ticket, drive safe and sober, um, X the text. Um, these are all efforts the state's already engaged in. Um, so we thought some kind of program that would help people to understand how important it is to secure their guns um and we think that's in line with statute we dps spends 8.4 million a biennium on this um they spend uh 1.5 million a year on um, motorcycle safety so that's that's something and then we we did something where um in the bill it says you get a discount on your 140 forty dollar application fee if you um show proof that you bought a, a gun safe so that's that's a bill that wouldn't infringe on anyone's rights. It's all public education and a discount if you buy a safe. But I people are still coming out against it. So um, things like that, I, frankly, I don't understand why that would be a, um, a problem. We're also working on a suicide prevention bill that, again, wouldn't be a mandate on anyone, wouldn't take anyone's rights away. It would just address the problem of suicide by firearm because um, there's 1,700 a year in Texas. Um, so it would weave it into the LTC program, just this child access prevention is in that. It would authorize DPS to work on the gunshot project like 20 other states have. All right. I think the reason a lot of people uh, don't like anything that's different from what we already have is because we already have laws on the books that actually, you know, prevent those things. So, like what? you know, uh, it's it, well, it's illegal you know, to kill. 
you know, to murder. So I, I think that's really what the problem is. And we actually have, you know, state laws. We also have federal laws that are already in place. And we don't think that, I guess, by bringing other things into it, um, you're, you're, you risk the chance of making a person a criminal if you later on down the road, then, in, you know, add a penalty to it. Right now, there's no but, penalty to any of those but bills. But the two bills that I said are just public education. How okay. could they, they're not about criminalization. They're really about exactly like a public education campaign. I mean, I get that the argument is always that the slippery slope soon will take our rights away and everyone's going to be knocking door to door. Mm-hmm. But that has nothing to do with criminals or laws on the books. It's truly like what we do now for drowning and safe sleep for infants. And I, I don't understand how that can be... Um, interpreted as it's it's one step from taking well because we we actually have safety programs that are already in place you have the eddie eagle with the nra that's not Um, through the department of public safety the reach is not as wide well they can actually they can use that you know it's a it's a great program and it's actually been tested and tried and so it actually works really well then dps should maybe they should partner perhaps but i think that um i mean do you see that 3500 deaths and injuries a year are a problem I see a lot of problems with, you know, people dying from, you know, in automobiles on 35. Well, the, of course, I see a lot of problems that. with that. But, what, but, but is that a problem? It, should it be addressed at all or should we just say no? It's to not me, that's addressing. A, well, 35 is a much bigger problem than anything we have in Texas. But why does it have to be one or another? It's not. Like, I, I mean, I, we, you've got people working on traffic safety. And not enough. You even got the car industry that works on it. And, and so, I don't think we're doing enough on, you know, to do with, you know, because right now people listen to us and they're sitting on I-35 and they're like, my goodness, you know, I got a gun in my vehicle i'm not gonna do anything crazy with that but boy i really wish this person in front of me would get the heck out of my way but if we could do something to try to reduce the 3500 i mean mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't we couldn't we make an effort to if well it we would do we up. actually have classes we we have classes now that people attend you know uh, they can go take a, a gun safety class you know all those different things so how are you gonna you know you can't make people But people are trying things. to get away get get rid of those too people yeah, are really? trying to get rid of with constitutional carrier we call it permanent but that's not going to get rid of them it's going to make it uh basically optional in texas yeah but that that that, that would be the state saying this is no longer important you do not have to do it well let me ask you a question what do you think you're going to tell somebody about suicide that's going to make them to decide to not take their own life well what, what is, studies what, show that 90 percent of people that have tried to commit suicide do not go on to c- kill themselves i mean this is this is research this is so i mean so the argument that they're going to kill themselves i, I, anyways, I don't think i understand people who okay. have tried to kill themselves mm-hmm. so you're saying they they failed yeah okay and you you feel like that's because they're getting an education after that yeah, they're getting mental health treatment. Most of them have mental health. Well, crisis. I agree with you. Mental yeah. health treatment could, uh, you know, could could certainly help. But I just don't. I don't know what you think you're going to cram into. What you, what you're going to make DPS do that's going to change anything? Public health. Most public health experts agree that suicide is preventable, and that if people knew the signs and warnings of suicides and the risks, that they would. Um, they could help people, or that people. Why don't we start getting this printed onto the labels of pill bottles then? About Why are we trying to force this into like uh, you? You were saying you're gonna you're gonna attach it to the LTC code. Why don't we have like you know labels? Uh, we like, do have like, labels like, like, on drugs. I know, but like you mentioned, yeah. that talk about suicide. Though. Oh, there's tons of labels. You know what I'm saying? Why Why are you pursuing the avenue of uh, the LTC classes? You know what I'm saying? And trying to get DPS well, to enforce that versus taking another avenue as well. Well, there's a there's a suicide prevention council of mm-hmm. Texas, and there's so there's messaging in in other ways. I mean, it's not very robust, but mm-hmm. I mean, there there's a lot of warnings on drugs and pills, and I don't know. I'm sure I don't know if any of them say anything I, about, I suicide. about suicide. I think yeah. what he's getting at, which I would agree, is that suicide. It need, once they've gotten a gun or gotten to that point, 
you're, you're not going to have any impact on them it's at all. So, and and to backtrack, attempted suicide is typically done by females. Studies show very high propensity of females do it to get attention. Okay, mm-hmm. men commit suicide. Yes, and they're the true. ones that are grabbing the guns. Yeah. So it needs to be prevented before guns no, are not an issue. Because I guarantee you, if a man wants to kill himself, if he doesn't have access to a gun. He's going to get a knife. He's going to sit in his car. He's going to do whatever it takes to get the job oh. done. They will get it done. So a lot, and a lot of this has to do with these veterans and stuff. The the um, uh, military needs to get the VA needs to get way better at helping these guys. That's where the problem is. Guns have nothing, nothing. Oh, they have nothing. absolutely everything to do with it. Because no, if you're in a don't. crisis and you have easy access to a gun, you're much more likely to and take your point life. And my point is, if he'll sorry. he'll hit somebody with his vehicle, he'll go off a cliff, I he'll find it. Oh, no. That's not what studies show. That is not what studies You'd show. You'd have to show and, me those studies because well, I've, I've taken many and, a class where yeah. it's been proven that men commit suicide, women attempt no, suicide. No, you're exact. The, the most people that commit suicide in Texas by firearms are middle-aged white males. That's exactly who are most the LTC holders in Texas. The the LTC class already requires, the fourth thing that it requires is child access prevention. There's 443 kids killed or injured every year in Texas. People say that's worthy, right? Let's keep them away from kids because we don't want a toddler to pick up a gun that's on the nightstand and kill somebody, right? Suicide is 1,700, not just 443. Um, What if we just made people aware? You know what? It's fine. You know, law-abiding citizens, if you want to have your gun for self-defense. But when you have someone that's suicidal, like your 17-year-old daughter, you might want to just be thoughtful about locking it up. Here's the 1-800 We're we're already making them aware by teaching them this in the class. So what more do you want us to do? you teach about suicide prevention in the class? We we talk about a lot of different things in class. there's no way in the world that I'm going to be able to sit there and, and give a person education on suicide prevention. That takes years to get a yeah. degree in that. You know, and I'm not a doctor, so mm-hmm. I can't give you know, a, a person enough information. It, yeah. There's always so much more that I can do. Um, our classes, are fo- the classes by the state are mandated, mm-hmm. mandated to be four hours. Yeah. Okay? I actually spend six hours. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going over that limit. We're giving them so much information, and I don't even, we don't even take breaks. We take like one break the entire day at 12 noon we'll take a break and then we're we're going you know you just have to get up go to the restroom and then we keep going we keep going i keep pushing keep pushing and we're giving them so much information but you're not going to if a person wants to kill themselves they're going to do it but, so not, you don't not, see any value in suicide prevention at all even if no, it was a five abs- minute absolutely. module it's the avenue in which you pursue it but the thing is this is this is definitely an issue you could raise funding on you know what i'm saying like there's people that are already doing it right now what about all those signs you see on the side of the highway that show the the number what, what's killing our troops and it's not bullets it's pill bottles mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying those people are getting funding from somewhere and i would argue they're probably reaching more people mm-hmm. than you would be trying to pursue it through the ltc well and no i hear what you're saying i think there's a lot of different ways this should be tackled and i i like billboards and i like you know psas and that's what i was hoping that that um dps could get involved even in a, in a small way but i guess i'm i'm saying too what's the harm in adding a five-minute module well, what um, i'm saying is if you could get the, the funding together it? for it there's nothing stopping you from doing it right now well, want to work with yeah. me on it all right so we're in the <laughs> studio talking with texas gun sense we also have johnny wade um, inside the studio the owner of locked and knocked and loaded uh, we're talking about gun sense in the state of texas and what that really means this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it Peace. 
Peace. This is Maj Puree. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're in the studio with Texas Gun Sense, also the owner of Knocked and Loaded, Johnny Wade. So let me bring into the conversation now Johnny Wade. Go ahead and step up to the mic there, Johnny. Welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Thank you, Michael. Glad right. to be here. All right, so Johnny, you know, see, I, I, I do have a thing because I, I like the fact that you're getting involved in the legislative process. You know, I love that. But what I don't, you know, what I don't understand is um, why you chose to lobby with Texas Gun Sense. That's the one thing that I'm confused with um, at the Capitol. And I do have to throw that out there first. I don't know that I'm lobbying with them. Uh, I was invited into their camp, if, if you will, uh, mostly for an educational purposes. When I was down there the other day, I wasn't down there to lobby at all. I was drawn into it and asked opinions you know, from different people and so on and so forth. Um, my, my purpose uh, was to get to know both sides. I want to know, you know those that would be viewed as anti-gun and also very pro-gun. And then just like this right here, I don't think if I wasn't there, I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now or you'd be having a conversation with Andrea. You know, I want to bring it to people to the table so that we can have a common sense approach to um, this issue. And it's not so much of there are laws on the, on the books. Um, so what, what do you want accomplished? What do you want to change? Well, I, I don't want to necessarily change any laws. I don't want to, I want to change attitudes. You know, I want to speak to your your listeners and to be in, to be involved on a on a personal level of their own uh, safety and understand the ramifications of what uh, if somebody you know accidental death or anything else of what uh, what's involved you know and in do you not do you not believe that people know the difference between right and wrong? Some people don't. You don't think so? Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, yesterday at at a gun range in Colleen. There was a gentleman there with his two sons who uh, first they they shot uh, uh, Ruger 1022. And he, he brought his Glock 23 there and was shooting that. His boys, who were, one was just barely a teenager. And this is coming from uh, a master sergeant that I'm acquainted with. Uh, he, he was viewing this. Anyway, dad said, okay, you can shoot, shoot the gun. He got interested in the girl next door or in the next lane over. Okay. And the master sergeant noticed that one of the boys, the older one, had the gun pointed in the face of his brother. Went over and asked the dad to... Should immediately have been kicked off the range. Well, he... he exactly. Immediately. Uh, and what... He, he, he confronted the dad. Dad said, mind your own business. And so... Master, master Sergeant goes to the range master and says, keep an eye on it. A few no, minutes later, there's no keeping an eye on it. You should be immediately kicked off the range immediately. Well, done. I'm, just, done. I'm just telling you what, right. what the so circumstances I, I, I have a problem with the range safety officer there. But okay. go ahead. Yeah. It happened again. Then they were immediately removed. Now, the thing about it is, that's the, that's the important thing where I have I have a problem with somebody that is, is endangering their children. Now, can you can you regulate that? No, but it's it's a more stringent 
you know responsibility of of the of the range but did they did they go home and safe that gun away i doubt it and when they left and they went home probably the dad was chastising the range for booting them out i don't have answers for any of this i honestly don't i'm just you know i want to reach out and and i want to be involved you know i don't if i can if i can be part and this is not my goal as far as you know my own personal gratifi- gratification but if i can be part of saving one one person preventing one accident then it's worth it so me being in that camp with uh, with Texas Gun Sense, yeah, I was there, but I was I was there in observing. It's just like, and you know, you you believe in Jesus Christ, you know, whenever he was talking to the sinners, you know, everybody chastised him for doing that. Should I be chastised for being in in that to try to educate myself? And also, and I go back to the point that now Andrew is here in the in the studio talking you know about this and your audience is hearing this i don't want to i don't want to infringe on anybody all i want to do is participate and educate myself in gun safety and prevention of of death and see it's hard for me to you know the to monday morning quarterback something that i wasn't there at because i i honestly when i'm at the range i don't have any problems at all in talking with people and, and making them understand what they're doing is wrong so anyone would come and anyone that I've ever had to do with deal with at the range, if understand when I tell them that what you're doing is unsafe, you should not do something. They fully understand that. So maybe there's a little more to that story. I'm not sure, um, but I like to ask you this: um, Why would you go to Texas Gun Sense? Why not go to um, the NRA? You know, with your concerns of wanting something done, or go to the uh, Texas State Rifle Association? Why wouldn't you go to them first? I didn't know anybody. You know, I happened to meet Andrew. You're owner of a gun store. How do you not know the NRA, the Texas State Rifle Association? I don't know who those people are. I've never reached out to them. I've been just recently. So why would you go to an anti-organization, anti-gun organization first? Well, again, how, how, how do you best understand the strategies and what they're trying to do if, and if you don't go in, in view uh, and listen to what they have to say? If you can't. You know, and that's the whole thing about this today. You know, we're at a table, we're discussing this, and I, I don't see, I don't see a problem with it. And uh, I certainly have not received, um, you know, I've been criticized for it. But again, it's like this: let's have a discussion, and if we have this divisiveness that everybody has taken their boundaries. And it's a little bit like you should understand this. Sometimes when you dig your foxhole too deep, it becomes your grave. And I don't, I'm all for, uh, I don't want my guns infringed upon. I don't want my rights infringed upon at all. I like what I do. I like my gun stores. I'm all for it, but I want to be proactive and to make sure that that, uh, the future of, of gun ownership is secured. And to me, the more you obviously have uh, more vocal uh, outcry from the left, as we'll call it, I'd like to see a little more uh, subtle, and I guess, you know, but a more kinder and gentle uh, approach from the pro-gun. 
Well, that's because gun control has always been racist, and it, it started back in the eighteen hundreds. So, you know, but but before we get into that, let me. I want. I do want to ask Andrea, you know, something, and that is, you know, out of all the states in the United States, and I think I asked you this a couple of weeks ago. Of all the states in the United States, what state would you, you know, pick as your idea state uh, for? Guns. I don't have an ideal state. All I'm trying to do is take some small steps in Texas to make it safer and reduce. So there's not the gun any death. one state there, that you there, can there pick an, and, and I, say, "Hey, they're poss- they're doing it right." Oh, I can I can live in that state because they're you know they're doing the no, right because thing. Because the agenda I crafted and that I've been working on through the, this session has been, and I, and I would have loved to work on it with TSRA. I tried to reach out to TSRA. They won't sit down. This is why I appreciate Johnny because, and he knows I'm not anti-gun because why would I be working with him? I'm not working with him, but why would he even talk to me? Why would we be friends? Uh, if I was trying to take his guns away and, and why would he hang out with me if he thought not, you know, or why would he even associate with me at all if well, I was anti-gun? I'm actually, That's making I'm actually kind of confused in all that because me, if I had a problem with, you know, I'm thinking that maybe some people are coming to the gun store and they're not possibly, you know, they, they don't have good intentions. You know, I'm going to do something about it. If I have a problem with the process or, or how things are working, then I'm going to go to the NRA, the Texas State Rifle Association, and say, hey, we may want to do something about this. Um, but, you know, to go to, and I'm going to say it again, an anti-gun organization, you know, take your concerns, you know, to that organization, you know, I I actually do have a but, problem with it. But um, he's not taking his concerns. He he cares about the, the 3,500 deaths every year. And I'm going to tell you, you don't see safety bills coming out of the TSRA. They, they don't, they don't. Um, and when you say the word safety, they shut you down. They're coming out against the Moody bill that there, there is no right infringement whatsoever. And I, and I actually disagree it's, with that because the, the, the story that Johnny just told us, you know, there are basic safety rules. You know, whenever you, you, you talk about guns, whenever you start talking, you start teaching a beginning handgun class, you start teaching a firearm safety course. You first go over the basic uh, gun safety rules. And when you, you know, if a person violates those basic rules, you know that's a no go. You're done. You know, you're finished. But and when a person does that, and if they don't understand the fact that they just violated the basic safety rules by pointing the gun at someone else, then you're done. But Michael, most gun owners Texas don't take the LTC class. There's only five percent um, of this Texans is not just an LTC. LTC class. There's, there's the NRA safety course. There right, are beginning handgun courses. Don't you think a lot of gun stores do that? There's Many, many Texans that never take a class, that they just buy a gun. So what are we going to do? We're going to force the Texans to take a class? that's not what I'm saying. So what are you saying? I'm saying exactly what the bill that we we worked on says, to do some public awareness. It doesn't hurt anybody, and it could help somebody. Do you think we we do not do that when people walk into the gun store and we're selling them a gun? We're telling them, hey, by the way, you know, you don't do this, don't do that. Does that happen at Cabela's and Academy and at every purchase? I mean, some people are just doing their background check and they're leaving, and they don't have any, any education. And people would think it's common sense. So Just going, like turn around, don't force, drive, don't drive into the water. But we still do campaigns. So on we're it. going to force Cabela's and those other academy and those places to do this. And if nope. they don't do it, we're going to punish them. Nope, not at all. So I didn't say anything do? about forcing any gun dealer to do anything. Um, I mean, so have you gone to Cabela's or Academy and say, hey, why don't you do X? No, you know, I, a, B, C, I've gone to Texas Gun Trader. I have emailed them and said I, I've tried to go. I've said, hey, what? Um, what about just saying on there like it would be. 
best to get a background check when you sell over the internet when it's a stranger um and they they didn't respond i went to tsra before open carry and i said hey what about just putting on there that the three-point harness with that mentality what we should do is we should go to the car dealerships and we should say hey you know what when you get in your vehicle you know you should do that that's why we have a driver's license i'll bet you that there's no gun shops around that would deny that if you were to come in there with like a stack of pamphlets you wanted to leave there that have some information on them like whether suicide prevention yeah. gun safety i would i would i bet you there's no gun shops that would deny you the yeah. or wouldn't let you let leave the stuff there for people to pick up and read you know what i'm saying or right. even hand the stuff out whenever they do sell stuff you know what i'm saying but yeah. when, when it's when you start forcing the taxpayers no. to pay for yeah. stuff like that and produce stuff like that that's where it becomes an issue you know what i mean yeah but again there's no there's no gun shops around or even cabela's that would you know if you went in there and said hey can i leave a stack of informational right. pamphlets no, here i'm sure they'd let you leave it there i wish we had a really big budget and we're able do you, to do, you do all know that things. we actually we, we do pass out a safety pamphlet uh, that's given to us by the NRA with every gun. Mm-hmm. You know, every gun, whether it's used gun, brand new gun, comes with a safety pamphlet that comes from the, you know, the FBI and or the ATF NSS. and then also yeah. a gun safety lock. Mm-hmm. So we're giving them that information. Yeah. So they're getting the pamphlet with all the information in it. What more do you want? Do you think people are do? safe enough? I mean, do you think that the 3500 is a make problem? We can't read or the information they're getting. They're but, getting all the information you're talking about. Everything that you're talking about, they're getting in that but, yellow so you're pamphlet. We've done have you all seen we the yellow could. pamphlet? I believe I have. But it's I, a yellow I pamphlet, yeah. and they and it goes with every single gun when you purchase that gun. So it's up to you. You're, it's up to that person to yeah. make sure they read that information. I cannot force them to do I that. I can't yeah. force anyone. I can't force that person that's driving on I-35 to get out of the left lane, get in the right lane, get in the middle lane, because the left lane for passing only. Yeah. I can't force them to do that. So you're not going to be able I'm, to force anyone to do the, what they should do as far as gun safety. You can't force anyone to safety. drink and drive. You but can what we can do can. is educate them. Exactly. And, and that's, that's what we're doing with our with, with classes. That's what we're doing with that yellow pamphlet that goes with every gun when you walk out of a gun store. Yeah. And and I agree. There is some stuff that goes on, but I still see the 3,500 number is problematic. Some people may say we're fine with that, but I'm not. I'd, I'd like to see it even better. And I, I would also say um, what bugs me so much, honestly, is the anti-gun because uh, always labeled as anti-gun. You either have to be pro-gun or you're anti-gun and there's nothing in the middle. Well, well that's how that's how right. Texas Gun I, Sense came out the gate. They came out the gun gate, never, out of the gate there with... Uh, with John Woods, you know, fighting us on campus carry, fighting us with everything, really. Anything that we wanted to do, you know, like four or five yeah. sessions ago, you know, however long it was, uh, that he stepped into the state. And I understand the fact that he lost someone that he, you know, loved that was dear to him, you know, in a particular uh, shooting that happened at Virginia Tech. But you know what? I truly believe that we need to get rid of no gun zones and more guns do equal less crime. We're talking with Texas Gun Sense. We're also talking with uh, Johnny Wade, the owner of Knocked and Loaded. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I tell you, man, I was sitting at the bar yesterday, and I was having a great time. And all these people came in from the protests from downtown, which was one of the largest protests, you know, the city of Austin has actually seen. It's actually pretty big. 
And they were just so triggered, you know, and they were just saying all kinds of crazy things, you know, like uh, you know, using the P word and stuff. I tell you, all I can say was go Trump. <laughs> just go Trump. You know, that's all I can say. All right. So let me go to the phone lines. I, our phone number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-LIVE. All right. So let me go to line one. AJ. AJ, you on with Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, thanks, Mike. Yeah, okay, so I've been listening to it since the first part of the show here. And let me tell you, the whole thing that, that's going through my head listening to all this, it, it goes back to the early 90s with Eric Holder, with his little speech saying that we've got to brainwash the public into thinking firearms in a negative manner, that we couldn't, we, we couldn't do this uh, once in a while, that it needs to be a, a daily repetitive thing. So when I hear the words common sense or uh, assault rifle or, you know, these other terms and, and, oh, we're not trying to take away your guns, but it's for the children and stuff, it's to brainwash the public, and it's been heavily enforced since, um, you know, the early 90s, and this seems like a product of that. Now, along with that, I've heard all these, uh, you know, this statistic that, oh, there's all these deaths and all these deaths, but it's not broke down. That number is not broke down between what crimes it was actually in. Was it gang-related violence? And if it was, would any of these um, things that they're trying to get pushed uh, had any uh, way to prevent any of that. Um, you know, what's the breakdown of these statistics? And, uh, it, and you would see that um, anything that they're trying to push wouldn't do anything than other brainwash the public into thinking in the firearms in a negative manner. So then they can come back for the the magazine. Uh, you know, we can't have high-capacity magazines. We can't have this. We can't have that. Oh, suppressors are bad, even though you know, they're like rarely ever used in a crime period. Right, so, what you're, you can, so what you're saying, AJ, you're saying, hey, what this is, is, you know, we're starting out with just the safety aspects of it. And then you're, you're going to do a little bit more than a little bit more than a little bit more. You're just going to nip at the gun rights by piece by piece. Well, if you look at the states, like you kind of mentioned earlier, where you kind of hinted around saying, oh, what state in the United States would you model, you know, your, your gun laws that you're trying to go after? And no one could answer the question. Well, you look at the states with the most gun laws on it, i.e., let's look at Chicago. <laughs> look at all the crime that's going on there. Look at the deaths that's going on there. These these laws aren't doing anything to to prevent that. So, um, so yeah, you're, you're it's, saying it's, by it's, the so the you know more restrictions you put on people, it's really not doing anything. So in Chicago, like you just said, and I'm repeating this because some people can't hear you, uh, but like in Chicago. Uh, they have very strict gun laws in the city of Chicago. As a matter of fact, there are no gun stores in the city limits in Chicago. I don't know if a lot of people even knew that. I, I've actually been you know, in contact with a, a group that uh, wants to open up a gun store. They actually want me to come there and open up a gun store in Chicago. And I'm like, no, not unless you change the laws where I can carry my gun. <laughs> and if you did, then I'll go to Chicago. But, yeah, you're right. So let me go to Andrea with uh, Texas Gun Sense and see if she has a reply to that. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not trying to brainwash anybody. We are f- absolutely fine with gun ownership, certainly for law-abiding, responsible citizens. We don't have a problem with it. Um, you're right. There are some outliers of states that have strong gun laws, like Chicago. But but um, there's also been studies that have shown states with really strong gun laws have lower gun deaths. And, and a lot of these, these um, laws, like background checks, they do 
work. So um, what what we are trying to say, and, and uh, you asked about breakdown, um, 60% of all the gun deaths in Texas are suicides. Then then you have homicides, and then you have um, accidents is the third um cause and I don't have the breakdown within all of the homicides but um, what we are saying is you know guns aren't you know I I agree when you say guns don't kill people people kill people that's true but let's let's be careful about who has the guns guns are inherently um, dangerous I mean just like cars are in the in the hands of you know when when someone's driving that is um, misusing it so how are you Um, gonna make the behavior of the person that has the gun so how are you gonna make sure that person doesn't get access to the gun okay well then we we better educate we better educate so they keep them out of hands of children and people who are who are suicidal first and we're of all doing that because we have a pamphlet no, we, that goes out in every gun it doesn't do enough it's not it's not working enough in our view i mean the numbers of suicides are going up every year how much are you hoping to reduce it because uh, there's no way you're going to get it to zero do you want right? to reduce it i mean do I'm you think asking, it's a problem i'm asking it's not going to be zero you're absolutely right so what how much impact do you think you i, I haven't have i mean is it worth it? Do you, does is any public education worth it? Should we just take away the click it or ticket, drive safe and sober? Um, should we take all that away? I mean, is there any? I no, honestly but, think the the no texting while driving has actually caused more accidents. Uh, that campaign, I think that's actually created more than anything because now people are actually instead of them holding their phone up in, in their face, they're actually holding their phone down below the steering wheel, and yeah. then when they look up, oh my god, there's a car right there. There is data to back up that uh, that. The no texting laws actually uh, increase accidents. So, you know, I think we need to get rid of all this, you know, all this regulation. And you know, I, I think it's too much. Public awareness isn't isn't regulation. It's it's simply an effort to educate. I mean, in, in the whole anti-gun thing, look, look at the mothers. Do you think against people don't know that guns are not safe for their children? Do you think oh, they, they sure do not. I mean, no, 443 just, people killed just, every kid. No, they know there's just some stupid parents. Well, then we there. need to work on that. That we need to work you on educating. You legislate those crazy. You, you're, there's no way you're going to legislate <laughs> what crazy. What is the problem with just trying to educate people? Because what is the problem? I, I would have to agree with the caller. I, I think oftentimes this is a way to subtly get your. When have you ever seen that happen, though? How, I'm trying to get my government. when. Tell, t- but but when in gun? I mean, you've had gun rights for hundreds of years. No one's ever Never taken away your your right. To have a gun, we people have had it. The CHL and ninety five. No one's taken it away. There's no inch. We haven't no, gotten they, anything. No, they just yet. restrict everything that we can own, where it eventually gets to where we can't ha- we can't have these when guns. When I mean, let, Let's in take Texas. a look at California right now. But what? And when in Texas has you have you been restricted from owning any type oh, of weapon? Let's go back to eighteen seventy one when they said, you know what? Uh, none of the freed slaves are going to be able to have access to the guns. Only uh, no free slaves, and then. We're going to take away handguns from people, and we're going to allow you to carry your lone gun. That's when it all started. Well, that, I mean, I'm sorry, I had nothing to do with that back in 1871, Mike. But I mean, that, that, yeah, was, that was obviously that, absurd and discriminatory. I don't, I don't agree with that. That was wrong. And those laws but, are still in the books today. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. Look at the Mothers Against Drunk Driving um, um, movement. They weren't, they weren't trying to ban alcohol. They were trying to ban what you do when you drink it and get behind a wheel. Look at the people that are trying to address the prescription drug problem. You know what helps from that? What helps is what you can do is help us bring back Uber and Lyft. So that way people have (laughs) other options that they can actually take a ride home. And that would eliminate drunk driving because now people don't have that option. These people, we had this event, you know, uh, for New Year's. Uh, the, the people that were left, not Uber and Lyft, but the other companies that were left here in town, their websites crashed right when people needed them the most on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And so then people just drove home drunk. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if we if 
you know, we elect people into office that actually, instead of them trying to line their pockets with money, actually have people's uh, in, good intentions, you know, in within them. I think that would help a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but but I'm saying there's a history we have in our nation of people and industries coming together. The automobile industry, the alcohol industry, saying. Use it responsibly. Let's be safe. Let's address the number of people that um, are, you know, killed and plagued by alcoholism or drug abuse or automobile accidents. Let's make our cars the safest we can make them. Let's make sure we tell people to use them safely. But there's a, a closed door to the gun industry and many pe- gun rights advocates advocacy. Do you honestly think that people that? don't know what the driving laws are? Do you think that people don't know but, but that we, they, they're not supposed to speed? We spend. Hours and hours and hours educating people. But they know it. They have to have a license. They do it anyway. They spend 40 hours. Yeah, they do it anyway. So are you saying that we shouldn't have any laws against speeding? They already already know you're not supposed to do this. People know you're not supposed to drink and drive. They know you're not supposed to speed. So what should, what should we do? Do nothing? If people are going to break laws and, and, and do wrong things, we should just stay out of We actually have laws already no, in place we, for we, that. That's the thing. We live in a country of innocent until proven guilty. You break a law, <laughs> then you go to court and you have your day at trial. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just I'm saying that there, when you when you try to educate and you try to promote and make our state say this is we, we care about responsibility. We care about safety. We want you to own guns, but we just want you to be responsible with them. It shows the state we're trying to address the problem. I can, ta- I can tell you that in my household, we we're, we're pretty strict on safety. Well, well, we I'm take person, personal responsibility and we, we have uh, a kid that shoots and. We teach him about gun safety, and he knows how to handle a firearm, and it's taken all the curiosity of the firearms away from him. I mean, he, he could be around a firearm and not pay one attention to it because when he wants to go out and shoot, all he has to do is ask. Well, I applaud you for that. I'm sure you're more well-informed than the average What What are your thoughts person. on universal background checks? Me? Yes. They're great. Why? Effective. They work. Um, well, it's just inconsistent right now. If we um, and, and the st- studies have shown that states with universal background checks have 50% fewer domestic violence deaths, law enforcement deaths, and overall homicides. So um, we, we do believe that background checks, if a, if a federally licensed dealer has to do a background check before a purchaser buys a gun, then why shouldn't you have to do it over the Internet or at a gun show when people are clearly selling um, oftentimes as their business? Um, it shouldn't matter how often you do it. I think about like the practice of dentistry. What if someone's practicing dentistry once a month? Does the state say, oh, you don't have to have a license. You only do it once a month. Same with a gun show. You're, you're going once a month to a gun show. It doesn't matter. How often you do it, it matters. It's the receiver. It's the buyer. If you're, if the federal government says that... So now we should get into the business of regulating private sales of individuals for different products. I'm not talking about products. I'm yeah. talking about firearms. That's a product. Yeah, so, and we already have regulation of that. So that means that, hey, you know, we should get in, into the business of, hey, I want to sell, you know, this remote here, you know, to this gentleman right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to do a background check no. on him before I oh, sell okay, him that, that remote. That's a little bit of a, um, a you're, funny you're, That's what we're talking about. How, how about we're, if we're, I buy a set of knives at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond? Well, we're clearly not what doing... What I need to get a background there's, check? There's not, you know, mass killing with, with knives, and, you know, it's different than handguns. Oh, actually, and, I disagree. A lot of things that people use to kill people with are things that you purchase at Home Depot. Well, Michael, People will kill people with more things that you can purchase at Home Depot. Hammers, more than rifles. Exactly, than they do firearms. Do you believe in background checks at all? 
Uh, the gun stores do background checks. But we do, do background checks in, in the gun store. We do background checks when we conduct business in a gun show. Do they when have value? When it comes to a private person being able to sell a gun from one person to another, no, I don't think we should have to get a background check if you don't want to. But that's up to you. That's a private sale between but one then why should it be another. up to you as a dealer? Why? If, uh, you because Central you're Texas in the business works. of selling guns, and that's regulated by but the federal don't government. Don't you think people? But but if you had your way, here's why I disagree. Wouldn't you say no? I don't. If if you could say you could choose or not, whether to do a federally federal background, would you say, I choose not to, and I'm just going to sell it to whoever walks in the door? Here's, here's why I disagree with you. Okay, let's say a person, when they were th- 30 years ago, they were 18 years old, they actually committed a felony, okay, mm-hmm. and they were convicted. 30 years ago, they've never done anything since then, anything wrong. They are an outstanding citizen because they saw the error of their ways. They mm-hmm. paid for, their, uh, for making that mistake. They paid the price. They went to jail for it. 30 years later, they want to be able to purchase a firearm. Guess what? That If you pass universal background checks, that person will never be able to purchase a, a gun in a gun store, ever. Or well, private sale. Well, maybe well, that needs to be it. looked at. I, I agree store, that certain felons, sale. should, if they're not violent felons, then then they they should have their rights back. And so, I, you know, and well, I they think... they don't. Because but if, I thought if you we said, pass universal... Well... A convicted felon, yes, can own a gun at home for personal protection after five years. Mm-hmm. They have to get it as can. a private sale or as a gift. They cannot purchase it. And in if a you gun get store. rid of the private sale, they'll never be able to do that. If you do universal background checks, they will never be able to do that. Well, okay. and that goes for uh, domestic violence. If you did something forty years ago, you are an outstanding citizen. You saw the error in your ways. You paid the price for that. You will never be able to purchase a gun from a private individual ever. Well, I mean, perhaps things like that should be should be looked at. And no, and we have laws in place right now, and that's why they should stay the way they are. Okay, well, no I mean, universal we, background checks. We, we we believe in background checks. We think they're effective, and we we think people shouldn't be selling to strangers over so, the internet. So a person that, could never will never pay the price for their crime. You will go to what? What's the purpose of sending people? The purpose of sending people to jail and never ever, you know, um, being forgiven for that crime. I got a question crime. too. Do you do you consider it the the gun show loophole? Do you consider it like would you would you term it that? I would. I yes, I would. I would say that, and and I understand that FFLs do background checks there, but I don't. I don't. If you're if you're there and you're paying a fee and you're selling in mass, you're selling to strangers, and that's the point. If you're why should you go from one mass, booth? So that's the thing. Nobody at a gun show is selling well, in mass actually, privately. What does it matter if it, it's it's well, about? Well, no, who, here's. Here's my yeah. thing, though. Mm-hmm. I can sell a firearm to somebody in the parking lot of a police station. Yeah. Why don't we call it the park the the police station parking lot loophole? And See hold what I'm saying? And, and hold that thought. We come back. Uh, we're talking with Texas Gun Sense. We're also talking with Johnny Wade, owner of Locked and Loaded. Knocked and Loaded. I don't know why I say that, but I'm going to fix that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is State Representative Jonathan Sticklin, and you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill. Now it's time for GGN, Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news, MIT student arrested for his gun rights. At the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, a student who just began his semester after attending the school for some years has been jailed pending an investigation. The 23-year-old was staying in a single dorm room on campus 
when authorities searched the premises after receiving a tip about illegal weapons. The tip reportedly came from a counselor at the school and weapons were found in the dorm, which is strictly against school policy. The student had in his possession a pistol, a rifle and ammunition for which he was lacking licenses and are illegal firearms due to their capacity. Angel De La Cruz was arrested on January the 6th after the search and is being held without bail for a period of 30 days as this investigation continues. He was not released nor given the opportunity to be given bail due to the Middlesex County District Attorney's office view that he presented a danger that required his removal from the general public. Now, there is no evidence of threats made by Dela Cruz nor any type of violent behavior, yet he is still being held during the course of the investigation, which could hinder him from assisting in his defense and providing an accurate assessment of the case solely because he was in possession of firearms. The student is a previous Texas resident. Over in New Hampshire, earlier this week, the New Hampshire Criminal Justice Committee held a hearing during which they discussed the future of House Bill 201. The bill, introduced just after the start of the year, is a gun control bill which was designed to mandate background checks for any commercial sale of a firearm. Normally, this would already be the case since it's mandated under federal law. However, the first definition detailed in the bill defines commercial sale as any sale or transfer. Now that takes place at or on the cartilage of a gun show or pursuant to an ad or display. Now the NRA believes this is just another step toward full registration of firearms, despite how benign the author of the bill claims it to be. The Institute for Legislation of the National Rifle Association argues the term commercial sale leaves the law open to required background checks for all sales of firearms, including private transfers. The NRA also argues that even if this were taken underway for all transfers of firearms, it's almost entirely unenforceable unless you were to institute a mandatory registration system to keep track of who owns what firearm. Now, bills in the past that bear striking similarities to HB 201 have failed to pass in previous legislative sessions. So far, no further action has been taken. Open carry in Tennessee. As it stands, the law for openly carrying a handgun in Tennessee requires you to get a permit and pay a $200 fee to the state. But HB 40 could change that. The bill was introduced by Representative James Van Huss, and if passed, would no longer require an individual to obtain a permit to open carry a handgun. Concealed carry permits would still be necessary to conceal your handgun, but you wouldn't be restricted from carrying a firearm if you lack the permit. Now, State Rep Van Huss has a few other lawmakers on his side, including Senator John Lundberg, who stated to the local news that he doesn't believe the legalization of open carry in many of the surrounding states hasn't changed their dynamics. Local gun store owners and customers also had their own opinions on the laws restricting their gun rights. 
to me, making me take a class or making me pay or something, that's kind of, in a way, taking my rights away, if you ask me. Well, it just slows people down, and, you know, it, it costs them more money. I think more people would probably buy a handgun if they thought they could carry it without paying $200 to the state to do it. More violent protests. After the announcement of the election of Trump, we saw both peaceful protests and violent riots. During the inauguration, we saw even more displays of violence along with peaceful protests across the country. A couple of hours after the inauguration, a popular political commentator, event speaker, and Breitbart editor Milo Yiannopoulos held one of his many speaking events at the University of Washington. An avid Trump supporter, Milo breaks down and dissects political tactics of the left and the culture of the West. At this event, there were protesters, as there usually are for conservative speakers. During the event, which was on the subject of the cyberbullying, an individual was shot outside the venue. Now, the 32-year-old victim was taken to a hospital with potentially lethal abdominal wounds and underwent surgery yesterday. After being on the run for some time, the shooter finally turned himself into authorities. During the presentation, a man in the audience informed Milo about the incident moments after it occurred as he watched news coverage of it on his phone. Now, once confirmed, Milo decided that he would address the audience in this statement. Um, the police have told me that it is indeed the case. Um, we don't really have a protocol for this. Uh, I don't know if it was a fatality or not. Um, until I do know that, my suggestion is that the show should go on. Um, if, you, um, if you think that's insensitive or inappropriate, I, I absolutely understand, and please, please um, make yourself heard now. Um, but my view is that um, if we don't continue, they have won. Um, and if we don't continue, we are setting a precedent. My, thank you. Um, my view on this, and I'm happy to hear from audience members if they disagree, my view on this, and, and we are, by the way, working on a way to get you out and get you home safely, um, my view on this is um, that if we were to call a halt to the event now, we would set a precedent. Um, we would send a message to these people that um, this is the way to stop events. One witness who was outside the event provided aid to the victim just after the shooting before officers arrived on scene. After event attendees were shot at with paintballs, there is one incident where an individual threw a rock at a police vehicle and protesters were seen displaying inverted American flags. And that is your Global Gun News Report for this week of January 2017. All right. So we, we have in studio uh, today Texas Gun Sense. Um, and so Andrea was telling you, well, she handed us the legislative agenda uh, of, of Texas gun sense. And there are a lot of different uh, things on here. There are a couple of different bills on here. And there are some things, uh, there's something from uh, uh, Senator West. You know, what's that bill from Senator West? What's that about? Yeah, SB 206 is an anti-straw um, purchasing bill. Straw purchases are a big problem in Texas. There's a lot of um, gun trafficking that happens in Texas. Um, there's an estimate. The FBI said 40% of crime guns sold to Mexico come from Texas. Um, the National Sports um, Shooting Sports Foundation recognizes straw purchases are a big problem. Um, federal law outlaws straw purchases, but Texas does not, despite many other states, um, red and blue states, that establish a state law against straw purchases. 
So why would you need a state law against straw purchase when we already have the federal law? Well, you know, there's because it's not very well enforced. I mean, Johnny told me that he had a straw purchase a couple weeks ago, called the called it into the ATF. ATF never called him back. We all know the ATF is under resourced. You know that as a um, as an FFL, Um, their hands are tied. The resources aren't there. So we're not enforcing the laws as it should be, Um, not just for the the straw purchases, but the other one. Well, if you think that it's a straw purchase, you shouldn't do, do the sale. Johnny? I didn't do the sale. Okay. But uh, as far as uh, I I just informed them that uh, of the the potential transfer and that if they needed to do anything about it, I wanted to be informed about it. Felt like it was was my responsibility to inform them. Never got a a phone call back uh, in regards to that situation. So I understand that they are overwhelmed and one... One slipping through the crack may not be a big deal for them, but I'm just trying to do my part. Okay. And and, and a lot of this stuff I'm seeing on your legislative agenda uh, are things that, you know, really we have laws already in place for these things. Okay. No, actually, we don't have state law for straw purchasing. We don't have a state law. We don't need state law. We have federal. Well, but I've interviewed prosecutors. I've interviewed the DA. I've I've interviewed. um, I went to the U.S. Attorney's Office. So your problem is they're not doing their job. Yeah, and this is they how other do, states. So they need to do their job. Other as a as a prosecutor, as a state prosecutor, as a district attorney, they need to do their jobs and, pro, and prosecute these But there's an alternative, things. Michael. There's an alternative, and what states that have stepped up and established state law, they they say it's against the law in Tennessee or um, West Virginia to um, do a straw purchase or to sell to people in the two categories of mental illness that are um, prohibited right now: adjudicated as mentally ill or involuntarily committed. When you establish a state law, you strengthen enforcement because you. Say it, it's not just to get. I mean, you know, cops and, and local law enforcement—they're charged with with enforcing local law, not federal law. That's not what they're there to do. But when you have a state law, you have another option. You can refer the case to the state prosecutors or um, state local law, state law enforcement, and they can step up and provide better enforcement. You hear that all the time. You hear that there's we don't need more laws. We need to enforce the ones on the books. But what if the ones on the books aren't adequate enough to enforce those very laws? They're, what if we I need some? They are adequate because. What you have is you have people that actually will lie on the form on the 4473. Mm-hmm. Those people are not being prosecuted from lying on the form. Mm-hmm. If you fill out that form and you lie on that, then the, F- the FBI, the ATF should prosecute that person. Yeah. Because when you read that paperwork, it clearly tells you, OK, are you, you know, you've been convicted of a felony, you know, or you've been convicted of domestic violence. You know, it clearly, you know, say, hey, you know, are you, any of these things you need to answer this question truthfully? If a person lies, then they should be prosecuted. But they're not right. No. So okay. you're probably problem is not with gun owners. Your problem is with the federal government who's not doing their job. Okay. So you should be at Washington, D.C. Yeah, but I don't live there and I'm not doing There's other people to work on that. But there, would you be for a lie and try law then? Um, state, states have passed lie and try laws that states can get involved and prosecute when you're lying and you're, and you're um, buying unlawfully. I mean, would you be for that? I, I think I heard Senator Cornyn say he was for things like that. Be, no, be abso- tough on absolutely crime. not. But you just said that we should do absolutely. something about it. No, ab- absolutely not. Not, not on the state level. There's federal. We have federal laws right now that are in place. They're not adequate. They're, They're not adequate. adequate. They're we just, need the state to step in. The problem is your state, your your prosecutors are not doing their job, and that's really where your argument lies. But if the state could help and ensure that the guns are out of the hands of people that are violent or severely mentally ill. If um, the federal government would get out of the business of doing other things that they shouldn't be in the business of and actually focus on these 
these things right here, I think it would make things but better. But those are things we can't control. And when people like the NRA block any the ATF from doing anything or getting any more recess, resources or well, funding. These are laws that are already in place. It's nobody blocking it. They're just not doing it. No, but but they're not doing it because they don't, they're under resources. They don't have staff to do it. Do, uh, they they have they're um, prohibited from computerizing their records. They have to go out to um, you know cabinet cabinets and pull paper records whenever there's a theft or a stolen gun. I think gun. they're collecting so much data they don't know what to do with it to begin with. I don't think it's a matter of them not being able to collect the data. I think they just they they take so much stuff they don't even know what to do with it. Well, I mean, it's not computerized. They're they're prohibited from computerizing their records in 2017. It's crazy. So, I mean, we don't even have an efficient way of dealing with criminal uh, activities. 18,000 guns were lost or stolen in Texas. And that's not we don't even have mandated reporter. In 2012, 18,000 guns were lost and stolen in Texas. Do you think that's a problem? Yeah, that's definitely a problem. A if problem. I was to lose one gun, I would be in big problem. Well, big and, trouble. And when we talk safe storage, that's part of what we're talking about. The, but that's your yeah. government. Yeah. You're talking about government agencies. So something needs to be done with those government agencies, not what? with us, the people. I'm not the trying people to hurt are not the doing people. anything wrong. I'm not trying to hurt law-abiding citizens, right. but when people are criminals... Well, hold on. No, I mean, let's go back to the the, the, the safe gun storage thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that, that potentially could end up harming somebody who bought, bought a firearm and somebody stole that firearm. I mean, it's not the gun owner's fault that somebody broke into their house and stole yeah, it or but, whatever. Yeah, but wouldn't you, know you know think... I mean? How many... I mean, and I don't know this. 18,000 guns stolen. Um, maybe they were all savvy criminals that got into it, you know, but how many of those were just sat in the backseat of their car or they well, were I mean, out you're, on the, you're, you're, you know. Well, you're already allowed to possess a firearm in, in the view, in, in your vehicle right now. Sure you can, but is it smart not to, I mean, how many well, guns are stolen out of. Well, we have constitutional carry, that's some people's only choice. And those are the things that we tell people religiously, even in your vehicle, lock your gun in your vehicle. You know why? Because everybody knows that in Texas, everyone's got guns. So lock your gun inside your vehicle. Who this is something that, that we in, say Every time in class. In in class, though. Exactly, in class. That's why we need to keep our classes mandatory not, so we don't have there more is a, Do you know there's people. a state law that says it, it has to be a sign in the gun stores that say, hey, you've got to keep guns out of the hands of unauthorized individuals. There's a certain wording that all gun store owners have to put in their gun room. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have that sign. So we have all these things that are in place. I don't know what more, you know, well, there, we can do. That's you know that's gonna tell people, hey, you know, you know that a gun, if you do the wrong thing, you're gonna get in trouble. I've had other things stolen that haven't been returned either. You know what I'm saying? I've had speakers stolen out of my car. I've had stereo stolen out of my car and stuff like that. Well, you I, know, I think that there, everybody has their line, right? I mean, you know, okay, so that theft's gonna happen, crime's gonna happen. So what do we do? How? What laws do we put on the books? I'm for you know being tough on crime. No being laws. Strong. I don't want any laws on okay, the books. Okay, well, they need to find the people then, is what it boils down let's to. Let's make every Everything legal. Let's, what let's I'm just say is, theft isn't a crime. Let's say, you know, I mean. No, I think it should absolutely be a crime. But the point is they're they're not finding other items either. I've had other stuff stolen out of my vehicle and they've never found that either. I know, but guns are particularly troubling when they fall into into hands. Of course, they, I mean, you looked at me kind of funny, but yes, aren't right. you a little worried when your gun gets stolen? Who's got it? Sure, it's somebody absolutely. that's, you know, I mean. I absolutely, keep, but I'm not convinced they're going to find it. I don't gun locked up. The purpose of me having a gun is so I can have easy access to it. You Why? never lock it? No. What, do you have kids? 
my daughter's older now, but I don't lock it. Okay, well, and that's your choice. I can give you a story. My sister was raped and murdered, and she had her guns in storage, but the people broke into her house before she got home, held them hostage, raped them, and then shot her fiancé in the back of the head with the sawed-off shotgun that was hers. And I'm sorry to hear that. That must be terribly upsetting and and, ter- and I understand and your reason to ha- want to have it for self-defense I completely respect and I understand it and you have a choice to store it however you want but I can tell you another story where my friend Susan Nelson in the 90s was having dinner at a friend's house and his it was in his, his um, nightstand and a guy broke in I mean he, he was there anyway he took it he shot her in the back of the head and then he killed she killed he killed her friend it wasn't locked up so a gun as you know can be stolen sure. taken away from you and used against you but the My, guy could have just as easily showed up with a gun certainly but that having that accessible so that's, that's backfired kind of devil, on that was advocate advocate on that though you know what i'm saying you could have tossed a coin on that i mean the guy could have shown up with a gun or more guns or it could have been several people there's you know actually what I mean? some studies that there are some studies that show that when you have a gun at home you're actually just like if you have knives risk. in your house you're more likely to get cut i guess right and just like there's studies <laughs> i don't know that, that study that but there's plenty of there's studies that uh, i think the fbi has put out or law enforcement how many crimes are prevented from people owning guns. actually the fbi they're um, self-defense um, gun use is very very low and this is from their own statistics okay so law i said law enforcement, here here's the problem Jani. Are, they don't report crimes that were prevented you know what i'm saying they they report crimes yeah. that, that that were committed and and you know like if somebody didn't kill sure. you and you well, called no, the they, cops that's one these thing were but, i mean they're not always they're not always um Reported. Well, here's, exactly here's the right. kind of crimes yeah. I'm talking about. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, if I'm open carrying in Texas and somebody is thinking about robbing me and all of a sudden they see I have a handgun and they turn around and go the other way, that is a crime that is not that Well, is not that, document. I mean, but that's that's all. Um, there's a lot of speculation there. There's right? a that lot that of person looks at you sideways. Is it going to be? No, I mean, this is documented. The FBI said it was used in, I think, 2% of break ins was used successfully to defend. I mean, this is FBI statistics that I, that I have. So when somebody does thwart a criminal breaking in, that is documented. It's just very rare. I mean, it is very rare. Self-defense gun. But I mean, we also have statistics that show that as gun ownership goes up, crime rates go down. That's no. undeni- that's undeniable. If it's John Lott statistics, I don't. I don't that, those have been debunked. Let me go to not, the phone lines. Our yeah. call-in number is five one two six four three five four eight three. That's five one two six four three live. Uh, line one, Michael, you're on with come and talk it. Yes, a uh, very interesting program. I uh, just wanted to make a comment. Uh, Andrea and folks like her from the anti-gun or gun control organizations are very glib and, quote, studies uh, left and right. It's a fundamental problem that undermines their whole position. These studies are paid for by Michael Bloomberg and other anti-gun foundations and they are just junk science no it's fbi i was quoting the fbi study and i'd be happy to send it to you may may i speak ma'am you just Uh, got something incorrect so i wanted to correct you ma'am i didn't reference the fbi study i'm talking about all the studies that you've been quoting throughout the whole program uh these studies are junk science they use faulty methods they use cherry-picked data and when you have to lie to support your position, your position has no validity at all. Now, for those folks who want to see a rebuttal, and of course, everybody should read your data and also in your studies and look to other sources as well. You say that John Lott has been debunked. 
Uh, I would argue with that. Uh, he has not been debunked. When you say that, it just means that some of the scientists or academic or press folks that are paid by your foundations have said that he's wrong, and that's not the case. I would recommend that people read your studies and then get a book called The War on Guns by John Lott that refutes the studies that you're talking about and the statistics that you quote at every opportunity. Thank you very much. I'm going to hang up and listen. Bye. Thank you for your call, Michael. Andrea? Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't do research. I'm a we're a small one and a half person organization, so I'm not doing the research myself. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's research that find findings on both ways. Um, I, I understand that. I mean, that's why I like looking at the FBI statistics. That's um, something I hope we can both agree with or that are fairly objective. Um, and I understand people are very suspect of every town. Um, again, I think this all boils down to does do you see and you know, and I know some it's not just um, gun violence prevention folks. Do you see that it's a problem? Is the theft and the crime and the 18,000 stolen guns and the accidents and the injuries, is it a problem? Does it bother yes, you that but all that stuff is already illegal okay but could we if there was a way to do more could we try to do it and it I wouldn't hurt I law by i haven't heard one yet okay well i've i mean i've given you some i have done my research throughout the interim and i have talked to the atf and i he, he told me internet sales are a huge source of crime guns i mean the a, a person, i don't know how because you're required to send a firearm to an ffl dealer if you're out of state but not in state i mean yes. you can sell yes, from el paso in to state, michael if you sell somebody a fire alarm for a firearm on on online somebody from Lubbock or something and you're going to send them the gun you can't directly send them a gun correct no you can't ship it to them it exactly to a it's not there's no there's no no FFL is is, is allowed to do that period not F- within F- state FFL you're exactly right I'm talking about private dealers there's thousands of private dealers in Texas that are selling to unknown people across the uh, across the state Again, and it's a problem. I, I could do this in the parking lot of a police station though it has nothing to do with the, the internet you're just you're you're just mad at people advertising their firearms for sale online that's I, not an internet sale I'm not sale. mad at people I, I know I'm, but, but, I'm trying but, to... but people are meeting in, per, in person to do this this is not like well then why not meet up or... at the gun show I mean why not meet up at the gun dealer because, why, because why? people are calling it the gun show loophole and it's not a gun okay. show loophole we can do it anywhere in the state okay anywhere, any property that well, we're allowed to stand on we could physically do a, a an exchange right there. Walmart parking lot. Yeah, I, I think it would be best to walk into that Walmart and ask them to do your background check for you. Then you know who you're selling. The people that did the shooting in Dallas that that um, killed the five police officers that was sold over Facebook. That gun that th- without a background check. I mean, when when we are lax in our in, in our screening processes, things happen. And and you know, I, I think we should do our best to try to make sure that we know who those people are. No, the gun isn't bad, but when a person that is intent to do wrong and they are um, or they're irresponsible, or they're severely mentally ill. We we should try our best to keep guns out of that person. Their also hands. had a bomb too. There's there's nothing that you can do that's going to prevent you know. Uh, well, someone used the bomb on him, but there, there's nothing that you're going to do to prevent someone you know who really wants to do something bad. They're going to do it. You know, you're not going to be able to legislate crazy uh, or, or anything like that. So if they're dead set on committing murder, which is illegal, 
you know, they're going to do whatever they need to do to get that tool to commit murder. I disagree. I think you make it harder for somebody, and at least you're, deta- you're deterring and you're delaying and you're, you're trying to enforce well, the let, law. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. The harder you make it for, for law-abiding citizens to be- possess firearms, do you not think that puts people's lives in jeopardy as well? No, because how anything I said, like a background check, how does that put it harder for a law-abiding citizen? I mean, because a law-abiding citizen would pass the background check, because right? Because some, some of the stuff that you're talking about, you're not allowing the legislator, legislature to make this up. You're allowing bureaucrats and stuff like that to make it up. And I not everyone understand. wants the government to be well, involved in their like, transaction. For instance, some of the mental health stuff, you're going to have doctors deciding this. No, no absolutely not. I mean, the, the, we are not making up any new categories of mental illness. This is the federal... The, I mean, and, but and there's, even, there's even a portion here where it says somebody can go into a, go to a judge and have a, yeah. have a, you know, have a restraining order done and stuff like that. What if the, what if the judge is anti-gun? All right. Yeah. We're talking with Texas Gun Sense, and we're talking about, you know, better ways of doing it. We're trying to agree, but I don't know. We may have to agree to disagree. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I tell you, I get knocked down, but I get back up again. Uh, we're, we're trying to work through this. Uh, we're trying the best we can. Uh, but let me go back to Johnny Wade, because Johnny's been kind of quiet there. And, you know, because I'm just trying to understand. Uh, well, here's what I want you to do, Johnny. I want you to promise me that you will talk to Alice Tripp with... Uh, the Texas State Rifle Association and maybe uh, try to sit with her and meet with her and, you know, give her some of your suggestions of what you think should be done, which I haven't really heard today. Can I come too? Because she won't speak to me. Well, actually, as far as suggestions, I'm not here to make suggestions. I'm not here to try to enforce anything at all. Educational is I'm here to educate myself and then also to be proactive in uh, in the future, I've been again trying to secure the future of of uh, firearm uh, ownership. But you bet you, I would love to sit down and visit with them. And anybody else, I don't know these people, and and probably I don't know that I would get in the door unless somebody kind of opens that door up. Uh, and that's the reason why. Well, you have to at least try first, you know, because okay. you know, being you know an owner of a gun store. Uh, you should know, you know, the people that are with the NRA, you know, you, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I don't know if you guys teach any classes or anything like that there. No, I oh, don't. Okay. I just, okay. but you I sh- try you to be should, proactive. But you should, you know, be familiar with the Texas State Rifle Association, the one organization, you know, that is, you know, your backbound, backbone here in the state of Texas, being a, a gun store owner. So I would think that you would, you know, try to reach out to them first. That's just, just me personally. I've only just recently gotten involved, and I'm just kind of making the rounds. Okay. Can, can I say something? Sure, please. Um, first of all, well, I'm not going to say anything about the Rifle Association, but I will say that the reason that Johnny got involved, I, th- I think, if I'm incorrect, tell me, um, is because he was concerned about safety. He was concerned about the number of deaths. He stood up and he spoke out, just like the other firearm safety range instructors that I've been working with, too, and that I've been meeting with and talking to. I'm not just making stuff up to be anti-gun. 
he wanted to talk about safety. We're talking about safety. We're talking about reducing deaths. The Texas State Rifle Association is not talking about these things and will not talk about these things. Yeah, they are. They're always talking about safety. All pro-gun organizations talk about safety. (laughs) That's not what they're talking about in the legislature. We also preach personal responsibility, too. I can also say... I'm pretty sure Johnny knows that the NRA and the Texas State Rifle Association, Lone Star Gun Rights, and Texas Carry, they've pretty much got gun rights covered in the Capitol. Have you ever heard of any programs from the NRA, any of the Eddie Eagle programs, any of those things? They are teaching gun safety. Yeah, to to their members, but not everybody wants to be a member. You don't have to be a member to to get access to these programs. Mm -hmm. Well, if they say safety is important, then they should be for HB 111. If you're any instructor, anyone that wants to teach gun safety, it's best that you actually get a certification from the NRA to be able to teach gun safety. Mm-hmm. So the NRA is the gun safety well, organization. I, I, you know, as a show of good faith, if they truly believe in gun safety, they should support HB 111 and, and uh, HB Howard's bill, which is also a safety awareness program because it's all about safety and, and it I, doesn't I totally force dis- anyone to do anything. And I totally disagree because we have a pamphlet that ev- that comes with every single so gun. So you're okay with a 3,500 gun. gun. You we think we're pamphlet. doing good enough. Okay, we have the a pamphlet, pamphlet that comes with every single gun. To There's nothing more that you're going to make somebody, so you're, you're going to make them read that information. Well, well, I, I, I think I we could, could go better. on YouTube right now and look up gun safety, and I bet you I could t- find a ton of videos that talk about gun safety. Yeah, but uh, our, uh, Real our, quick I, I too, Mike. Lack of information is Mike, the problem. how many handguns do you sell that come with a gun lock? Every gun comes with a gun Every lock. single gun. Every, every, single t- gun. every single time that I buy a handgun or any gun, it comes with a lock. It comes with a gun lock, and it also comes with that yellow pamphlet that tells you about safety. But that doesn't mean people are using those gun locks clearly. That you So know, what do you want to do? Do you want to punish them for gun, not? Gun, I'm not pu- gun safety concentration camps is what I'm hearing. anyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm but, but it's not. A, but to me, you know, and I. Oh, you're, you hate guns. You're trying to take guns away. You're anti-gun. What if? What if? Believe it or not, I really just care about the kids that are the 443. I'm a mom. What if I just? What if I just care? Could that be the case? Or am I really trying to take guns away? I don't think anybody's denying away? that. But it, but at the end of the day, we all do as well. You know what I mean? We just. Well, then let's join together on some things that we can work on that truly, truly. You going to help us get constitutional carry passed? No, because that's not safe. <laughs> I mean. Oh, it's absolutely not safe. That would be the state standing up. Well, first of all, law enforcement knows it's not safe. Law enforcement's against this. It takes away the training. So the state of Texas would be saying, you don't have to be trained to have a gun. Everybody have a gun and carry it openly and do whatever you want. Show me the Bad data idea. to back that up. 3,000 people I will give you my in email. the state of Texas. S- send me the data to back that up. There's 11 states right now that have constitutional carry. Vermont's had it since... The 1900s. Yeah. We're not go Vermont. Ahead, We're not West Virginia. We are not Missouri. I'll, I'll we give you my email. Real. Send me the data that supports that constitutional carry is dangerous. You're right. We are Texas, and we should get rid of these no gun zones and allow people to carry in a lot more places. We should fix some of the things that we have done wrong back in the 1870s. Uh, get rid of this gun restriction. Allow people to get access to guns. We should reduce the fee for the handgun license. Yeah, you're right. This is Texas, and we have a lot of work to be done. All right. I want to thank Andrea Brower, the Executive Director for Texas Gun Sense for coming on the show. Also want to thank uh, Johnny Wade, the owner of Knocked and Loaded, for coming on the show as well. I'm telling you, well, there's the information, people. You guys have it there. Uh, you have to decide for yourself. Uh, I think we need to get rid of these gun restrictions, let people carry in a lot more places uh, than they can already carry. It's time to get rid of it. It's, it's time to let people know this is Texas. This is a Lone Star State. We love our guns. We're going to keep our guns. As always, more guns equals less crime.
Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talking with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.